Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Minds with Bobby Mack. The object of the show is to speak to other interesting people across the world as we explore some of life's biggest questions. And today I am joined once again by Caitlin and a person that she has recently met who I'd like her to actually introduce. Uh, all right, so this is uh, tonight. <laughs> uh, we have Brandon Smoke this evening, who is a former uh, heroin addict who has been clean for I think like seven years, right? Um, yeah, but he he lives in Ohio, and he has some some very interesting stories and a, an interesting perspective on on um, the opioid crisis and epidemic. So yeah, we're happy to have you. Uh, Thank welcome. You. So the first question uh, that I that I have to ask, just to get it out of the way, how good is it, man? Like, what does it feel like? In particular, heroin. Yes, feels pretty nice. It's like a, it's a warm feeling. It's a euphoric feeling. It's like almost like when you have almost like that good feeling when you have butterflies in your stomach or something like that. Except it's more permeating throughout your body, and. Mm It's just, it, it's definitely one of the most euphoric drugs there is. I'd say that. Is there anything that can come close to it without getting high? Um, without getting high. Maybe a nice hot cup of, you know, hot chocolate or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have like to be best. some really good hot chocolate, though. <laughs> So really good in the world. Really yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had another uh, addict on another podcast that I used to do a number of years ago, and he described it as "quote brain cum." That was I don't the- know if I'd say that. That's just a strange description, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's just like a it's like a brain body um, pseudo orgasm. Hmm. Now, how long, how long does that usually last? The wall, it obviously hits you harder when you first do it. So uh, when you, it, uh, like, it also depends on your tolerance, of course. But when you, when it first hits you, it, it lasts, say, 15, 20 minutes. It can last longer depending on how active you are. Because if you're, like, super, like, you know, moving around and stuff, it won't last very long because it's just, like, you're getting it. You're, you're, you're metabolizing it more quickly by allowing it to move through your bloodstream quicker, right? Hmm. And that's how I think of it, at least. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just, it no, seems that's like an, that's how it is. That's interesting that that has like a noticeable effect. Yeah. Um, how functional would you say like a person is like when they're like, you, like, is it possible to like go through your normal day? Like, or is, are you just completely just like stuck on the couch basically? Oh, it's absolutely possible to go through your normal day. Um, my dad, he was on, uh, um, opioids, which were, he was taking pills, uh, Percocet thirties and Oxycontin eighties. And he uh, was an electrician and he was still pretty much capable of doing his job. Uh, he didn't like, you know, while, if you have something to focus on, something to do, then you usually won't end up like, you know, basically passing out as you see some people on uh, opiates doing. They just like, they'll sit there and just kind of like their head will go down and they start, it's called nodding is what everyone calls it. But yeah, usually if you have something to do, you won't be that 
stoned. <laughs> so in other words, if you're like maybe a really wealthy person that can afford it every couple of days or however often you need it, right. you could be a functional person. Right. The thing is this, you, you could, you could, yes. The problem is that it's so addictive. It, it is very, very addictive to the point where you, if you were that wealthy person doing it for every, you know, every other day or something like that, eventually you'd be that wealthy person doing it every day. I mean, some people have more self-control than others, of course, so I can't say that for everyone. But I feel like that's more than off, more often than not, that's the case. So uh, the obvious question is, how does someone get to a point like this? I mean, people talk about gateway drugs. Heroin's not a gateway drug. Heroin right. is the thing that the gateway drugs are the gateway <laughs> to. Yes. Right. So what are the ways that people are talking about well people don't like to say this and i love absolutely love weed but i think weed is a gateway drug it's a drug in general right just like alcohol alcohol and weed both they're both gateway drugs they lead to uh, potential exploration of other drugs that make you feel differently or even better you know you're like oh weed is great we should try this you know and then they're like oh yeah i'll, I'll give it a shot well here i got some and you do it and you're like yeah, this is nice. So I'm going to keep doing it. And, and then eventually you get to the point where you do something like, you know, an opioid painkiller and you just continue to do it and do it. And it, it just doesn't really st stop for some people. Some people have, like I said, some people have more self-control. I think it's more, you know, genetic they, uh, addiction, they say is somewhat genetic at least. So uh, maybe it has a genetic factor, but most people who do opioids end up continuing to do them. And certainly weed and alcohol contribute to like the potential to try other drugs. Do you think that there's like kind of environmental or kind of like social factors that, that also kind of affect whether someone's more likely to, to get into that? Oh yeah. Social stress, yeah. uh, family issues, uh, whatever it may be. Like I said, my dad was taking them. That's pretty much how I knew that, that they existed. And I had a friend as I, uh, mentioned before who uh, had me who he, he broke his ankle or sprained his ankle or something like that and I ended up buying uh, um, what are they called Jesus I can't even remember it it's been a, there were the the weak version of uh, Percocet basically I can't remember the name I'm just like I'm just like uh, talking too much going off. Set, like let's see um hydrocodone like, hydrocodone oh, okay, yeah, Vicodin, like, Vicodin. yeah and like where does like oxycontin kind of like or oxy wait you already talked about oxys like are those like more or less strong would you say they're, they're more strong they're about they're about twice as potent if not okay. three or four times yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's much more potent <laughs> oxycodone is much oxycodone is much more potent than hydrocodone yeah. <laughs> it's funny to me that they tried to market that as like like less addictive like compared to what <laughs> like, it's, it's, it, it, yeah. it's, it's pretty much the same thing <laughs> interesting yeah they're literally just different derivatives of the same exact chem chemical and so um you say that you think weed is a gateway drug when did you first start smoking weed then I think the first time I tried it was probably uh, 12 or 13. And uh, I ended up smoking it with my friend. He wasn't into any opioids or anything like that. Like, you know, he wasn't around that stuff. But I, uh, 
ended up hanging out with another friend who I would consider he was my best friend at the time and uh I'd still consider him a good friend even though we haven't talked in a long time he kind of drifted away because I was on drugs you know that was my fault I'd say well, you know at least mostly but uh is yeah I started smoking about 13 12 or 13 uh, and this like I said I was smoking with this other guy who like I considered my best friend and we ended up He's the guy who ended up breaking his ankle, and he was selling me these Vicodins for five bucks a piece, and I tried one, and I was like, oh, yeah, I like that, so I just kept doing it. Wait, so that was the the next step up for you after weed was Vicodin? Right. It was, it was weak in comparison to, of course, like heroin or anything like that, but it definitely, you could, you could still feel something from it, right? Mm-hmm. And how old were you when you started taking the Vicodin? I was about 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And then my i knew my dad was taking them so i moved on from like buying them from him to just like hey dad let me get one of these or i would steal them from him occasionally so i was like either way he knew i was gonna try it so as much as it sucks that he did that he he allowed me to do it it was also going to happen no matter what now was your dad when you say that uh, your dad was taking them was your dad addicted to them or was he taking them for pain relief both pain relief at first he hurt his back real bad when he was about 20 and then he ended up uh he started off on vicodin just like i did and eventually he went to a doctor who literally moved him from fucking vicodin fives to perk 30s and oxy 80s like right off the bat so he (laughs) he went from being not addicted at all to being taking 120 milligrams every couple hours every you know six hours or something like that to and just being extremely fucking addicted can't live without them end up like, getting rid of all kinds of shit you know pawning shit selling shit just to support his addiction hmm. was he still getting continued a prescription at that point or was he just oh, yeah. Like, yeah i remember Ew. i think i told you uh he used to go to a doctor he this doc his doctor was gay it's a gay man. And I guess it kind of maybe probably made it a little bit easier for my dad. Right. Cause I mean, I assume that gay men probably have a tiny bit more sympathy towards men than a normal man might. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I hope it doesn't come off wrong. No. Uh, I'm just, it's sort of seemed that way to me at the time. It's a very sympathetic doctor at least. Yeah. Right. Well, I you could say sympathetic, it. right? But perhaps could it Maybe have been the most, sympath- the most sympathetic right. thing to do would be to cut down the dosage. But he was too sympathetic almost, maybe. Yeah. yeah. He, and you never know. Maybe he had a, a thing for <laughs> my dad or something. But <laughs> anyway, he would. Is your dad, dad would just, is, your, is your dad charming? He's a, yeah, he was a fairly charming guy, of course. Yeah. Right? Because I, I, I found that. Uh, drug addicts that i've known have been insanely charming people oh yeah I, apparently yeah. i am i'm quite good at that too it, it's, <laughs> it almost makes me feel bad sometimes like am i talking to people and telling me shit they don't want to say to anyone <laughs> remember this one dude just opened them up to me on discord i'd known him for like two days and he's like ah oh, this shit happened to me when i was a kid and i was like okay I, I'll talk to you about it, but like, why are you telling me? And he's like, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I just don't do any of this. <laughs> just, the thing is, though, like, I'm glad to not, of course, be a drug addict anymore, at least not in that sense. I'm still in Suboxone. I'm still drinking. I still smoke weed. Drinking only happened recently. By the way, I think drinking is the worst addiction. It feels terrible to get off of. 
at least hmm. when yes. I was before. Yeah, I, when I did my podcast with my mother, who's a nurse, she said that the worst withdrawals are definitely with alcoholism. Oh, Seeing yeah. people in detox is just a, the worst. Oh yeah, I should tell you how I got epilepsy because I took an, a synthetic oh. opioid. Because yeah, they just ring a bell because alcoholism, when you're coming off of alcohol, it can cause seizures. I got epilepsy from taking a synthetic opioid once. Hmm. Took a, uh, it's called tramadol. Took about 150 milligrams of it, which isn't a super high dose. Like sometimes that's prescribed right off the bat for some people. Like I did my research about it, and apparently this has also happened to other people. They take this once and they develop epilepsy like permanently, which is what basically happened to me. And uh, huh. Yeah, this is a synthetic opioid, so it's not a real opioid. It's not like oxycodone or hydrocodone or anything like that. Wait, so is it like a prescription opioid, though, or is it something kind of like... like it's kind a prescription of opioid. I think it is controlled. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, it's called tramadol. I can't... I think that's the brand name. I can't think of the... Uh, uh, it's a name. really bad side effect, like permanent, like seizures. I feel like are already a pretty bad side effect, but like, like even when you're not taking it, that that's insane. Huh. Right. It just, it just. That's when I had my first seizure. Maybe there was like an underlying cause, because I guess it does kind of run my family or whatever. But hmm. still, yeah. Still, that does seem like it was what set it off, at least for me. Yeah. Hmm. So, like, how old were you at, uh, like, the point where you were, like, would you, you would say, like, fully, like, addicted then to opioids? Or, like, I guess, how, actually, how did it go from, like, the pills to heroin, actually? Well, like I said, I started basically getting them from my dad, and he yeah. knew that I was addicted, so he, he pretty much just started sharing them, right? Like, huh. I would go nuts. The thing is, I would throw tantrums. I'd Sometimes... I'd go after him with a fucking hammer and shit. <laughs> I was like, I was crazy. Like, huh. that's how nuts drugs drove me back then. So right? Yeah, how old I, were you? I was, about, I was, it only like took 15? a couple months. So I was like yeah. 14 even probably when I got, started to get bad. And then 15, it was probably at, a, at its worst, right? Yeah. And so, I especially yeah. like at that young age, like we, I feel like you don't really understand like the full context of, of what's happening kind of. Or, or right. It's almost are. like I was just like lost in the, lost yeah. in the sauce, as they say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never heard that before. So how did this, uh, like, were you still able to go to school? I'm I went to school on drugs every day. I would drink sometimes. I would smoke weed every day. I would, I would walk out of school every day and just go to the park right next to the school and smoke weed. Hmm. By myself. So, I wasn't, I didn't have any friends. I was just chilling by myself. <laughs> yeah, but you weren't, I, I will just say that you were not alone in doing that. You may have been alone at the time, but right. I'm there, sure are, there are teenagers the by the tens of thousands who are doing that, unfortunately. Yeah. Right, absolutely. There are. Um, <clears throat> I have quite a few friends who have died, who I had no idea would even get into drugs, and then they did. That's what I was going to ask next. Like, uh, also, one of my uh, best friends from high school, uh, as a sibling that I was also close with, that is a recovering heroin addict, and she describes like when she was in that crowd, just like every once in a while there'd be another person that would be gone. Exactly. Hmm. I only found out about a couple of my friends uh, just a few months ago, and then I, my aunt she passed away uh, right around my dad's birthday, which is when he pretty much when he passed away back in 2013 pretty much the same day uh and she was found 
in a trash bag inside of a trash can. That's my awful. cousin, not my aunt, my cousin. Yeah. If I said my aunt. You, you found her? No, I didn't find her. Someone, oh. like, the police did. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But That's this funny. is just, like, the most recent person that I've lost due to drugs. Assumingly, uh-huh. I'm, I'm assuming that she overdosed and someone just tried to, like, get rid of the evidence or whatever or something. Huh. Which is pretty, like, my dad, when he was found, he was found in an alley just like she was, but uh, he was just on the ground. And he had a major infection. They took him to the hospital and everything. Uh, told us they'd have to amputate. We were like, okay, if that'll save his life. Even think, thinking back now, I feel like we shouldn't have. He probably would have mm-hmm. lived if we hadn't amputated his arm because he had a heart attack due to the infection. And then he had oh. another one after we amputated his arm. So I'm thinking, like, he might have been fine if we just let him be after that. But we didn't, and now he's gone. So I have a lot of regret about about my past. It's uh, Um, a... You're so young, though. I mean, I I don't know. There wasn't much you could have, I feel like, done. Yeah. I I was seven years ago. I'd have been 18 when he died. So, yeah. Where was uh, your mother during all of this? She was here. She was uh, addicted to heroin as well. She used to do pills, not as bad as my dad, of course, but she was in the same situation. She left my dad for uh, a guy who, my best friend's dad, the guy who actually sold me the Vicodin was my best friend and his dad and my mom got together. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, you're going to need to walk me through this one. Absolutely. I'm going to need to break this one down. Okay, yeah. so, so hold on. Your mother is a heroin addict. Where does that originate from? A couple years after me and my dad and my sister got on it. Okay, so she was the last one to get on it. Yes. She was doing and, pills before that. Okay. And no, was, not as so, bad, though. Right. So did her addiction, does it, did all this start from your father being addicted to Vicodin? Yes, pretty much. Right, well, he so wasn't even addicted to the Vicodin. He moved to a different doctor, and that's when he got prescribed the heavy shit big time. Right, right. Out of nowhere. And he was sharing this with your mother? Uh, oh, actually, he would run out, and then he would beg my mom for hers, and hers were, like, tiny compared to his. Oh, mm. so she was also getting prescribed heavy shit. No, she wasn't so, not, not, not heavy. She was getting, like, 15s. Like, he was okay. getting 30s and 80s. Mm. Was she so also- this was just to, like, sustain him. He would be like, hey, let me get some of your shit. And she, uh-huh. they, that caused quite a few arguments. So she was also experiencing like chronic pain then. Uh, n- not as bad as my dad because he had a yeah. back thing, but yeah, she did have. Uh, uh, she has stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so to the addiction. Day, so so she she progresses naturally also from the from the week. mostly from me and my sister probably not because of my dad because huh. like I said she had left my dad for my friend's dad. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. And she, she leaves him to go with this guy because what? Because he provides easier access to this stuff? No, no, nothing like that. Uh, in fact, probably the opposite. Just because she, I guess, felt like it would be better to get away from my dad. Mm. Yeah. Which I like understand, but in, like, in hindsight, I was, I was mad about it at the time. Sure. But I understand now. Yeah. Like, I completely fucking get it. Right. Yeah, that's a hard situation. Uh, um now to go back to you for a second though uh 
how, so you're talking about when you're 14, 15, and you're chasing your dad around with a hammer and you don't really understand what's going on because <laughs> <That's just occasionally. laughs> all this stuff, only, only occasionally, only okay. occasionally. <laughs> these substances, yeah, but these substances are just overtaking your mind. Right. Yeah. Right. And at 15, I can't imagine what that's like. Now, how does it huh. go from that to, to heroin? Well, my dad ended up just, well, pills started becoming expensive, right? They started, they literally doubled in price within a matter of a year or something like mm-hmm. that. So because of like regulations, basically? Um, probably due to yeah. them cutting, the DEA cutting down on prescribing, allowing doctors to prescribe large amounts of opioids, something yeah. like that. But heroin was really cheap. So it's just the obvious choice. It's an opioid. It, it, it's stronger than other opioids. It's, it's perfect because it's cheap and you can get, you can spend 30 bucks to get fucking 10 times as much as you would buying a perk 30 or whatever so it's like that's the obvious choice so my dad started buying it i was like i was actually mad at him for and he kept wanting to go get it and i was like no let's not do that let's not do that eventually i gave in because i felt like i wanted some too or whatever and you know just went from there he started doing it constantly it ended up being uh, uh then my sister found out and she started getting some occasionally and yeah it was just like a spread from there Hmm. go ahead uh, like was there ever like i don't know did your dad like try to prevent this from happening or try to prevent you from like getting influenced or into it as well he really did not want us taking his shit maybe out yeah. of just pure selfishness because he wanted it himself but i don't think i think it was also partly because he did not want us doing it at all yeah so he'd stay away if he had money he would just go out and just stay at a friend's house and sh- try to stay away from us so i think that he really inside deep inside did not want us fucking with it at all that's fair yeah you say it's less expensive how expensive is it uh ten dollars for a tenth of a gram so $100 for a whole gram, and you can get high off of a tenth of a gram if you're, depending on your tolerance. Hmm. So, I mean, depend like, most people would probably shoot, like, 30 to a half a gram at a time, so 30, 50 bucks. But if you, depends on how much you're doing, really. Hmm. Most I ever did at once was probably 30 bucks worth, which is three tenths. Hmm. It's about a third of a gram. So that's relatively low compared to most people, then. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Or like that's lower than a lot of, yeah. Yeah. My dad did a lot more than I did. Just, you know. Because his tolerance is so high. Right. Now, do you you know the details of your sister's progression? I mean, you say your father started bringing this home because it was cheaper. And then all of a sudden, I mean, is your your sister is not jumping right to that, is she? Is she also Uh, sneaking his, his, his pills? Um, not like I was. But uh, she would get him when she could. It, it, it's hard to explain, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't the same, but it was similar. And what's going on in the house if, every, if there's this prescription that your dad keeps fulfilling? My mom slowly. wasn't living there at the time, oh, just okay. to be clear. Okay, so, but between you and your sister and your dad, there's this growing addiction to these pills that's going on. Now, is this an unspoken thing in the house or are we all, are you guys all aware of what's talked going on? about it occasionally, but uh, it was mostly unspoken. Huh. Just, just kind of did our thing and, you know, we 
wanted a pill and go fucking beggar my dad or just take it from him if while he was passed the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's pretty much how it went. So what are the kinds of things <clears throat> what are the kinds of things that uh you um were forced to do to get it because like for example again i'm gonna reference just uh, the, the last the, the other man that i spoke with said that uh, he would rob the cash register at the store where he worked to hmm. be able to pay for it i couldn't do that well, i told uh caitlin about how one time and uh, this guy a good friend of mine or so i'll say friend that we we uh robbed a drug dealer i had had a couple of drinks that night right yeah. And he was, he was, him and this dude, his friend, who was also kind of my friend, were like, if you don't come with us and help us, you're not going to get shit out of this, right? So I was like, all right, I had a few drinks. I was like, fuck it, dude, I'll go. So he went to this drug dealer's house. The house was empty. They, none of them were there. Still their TV, their fucking Xbox, and all this shit. I had my hoodie over my head the entire time because I thought I knew they had cameras and I just didn't want to be seen. So I had this hoodie on, like, over my face pretty much the entire time. No one could see me on a camera or anything like that. But we took pretty much everything I had. Ended up getting my ass beat when my friend one time went over to their house to, like, uh, to try to buy some dope. He was trying to, like, basically just pretend like everything was cool. We had, like, a jar of change, some vodka. So wait, you, you robbed his house, like, successfully, though. And then this I is the only you're... time I ever did anything like yeah. that. Yeah, but, but you clear. were you were successful in that endeavor. Then, like, you were able to like get in and like steal. Oh yeah, no one was there. Out. We we got his yeah. Xbox, all of his games. We got yeah, his fucking yeah. TV. What a uh, USB drive I used for a long time. Uh, <laughs> 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 but, okay. Just kind of penny. I, I guess I don't know how nice of a USB. Right, drive. right. <laughs> can, can, can I go back to the point though? How yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly my bad. Did, I didn't yeah. mean to go on a tangent. Yeah. How exact? No, but how exactly did you get found out? You said your friend went to his yeah. house, and what happened? Uh, he uh, went inside. He was trying to. He was begging me to go inside with him, essentially, because he was scared. He he knew he had robbed these dudes. Right. This is a different house, though. Different, even like you know, multiple, you know, fifteen blocks away or some shit like that quite a bit away away but the same dude ran this house that ran the other house so he was begging me to go inside with him because he was scared i was like nah i don't want to go i don't want to go and he just kept begging me i was like fine fuck it i'll go in with you and we had like a jar of change probably 20 bucks in change and then a fucking uh we had a bottle of vodka absolute vodka and uh we went in there and they were like, Hey, this is the, this is the nigga that robbed your house. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it is. And then they fucking, but just like four dudes just started fucking wailing on both of us at the same time. They kept knocking me down. My friend was in a ball curled up, protecting his head. I kept trying to like stand up to fight back. And but, but how did they know if you said your face was, well, they just, those? they didn't know it was me. Cause eventually I, I, I was getting up. I'll tell you in a sec, but eventually, I think they somehow knew it was him. I don't know how they knew it was him, but they did not know it was me because my sister actually went over there a couple of days later and talked to the guys. Like, hey, my brother didn't have anything to do with this. Of course, she was like straight up bullshitting them because she knew I did. You know? <laughs> like, I was drunk at the time, so that's not really much of a defense, but I was drunk at the time. She didn't say that. But she just told him straight up, I didn't have anything to do with it. And they were like, all right, tell your brother to come over. So I went over there. Dude gave me, you know, 
twenty dollars worth of dope to pay me back for that jar of change. Uh, he gave me my bottle of vodka back. He and he was just like, "All right, you you can come back, but don't ever bring that other motherfucker back here again." Because so apparently he knew it was that dude, but he did yeah. not know it was me. Interesting. So I I, I got away. Anyway, also I, I told you, Caitlin. <laughs> Two days, I, I called the cops when I got home, right? I was that fucking mad. I was screaming the N-word down the alley, and I feel bad about that still. <laughs> but, but I was fucking angry. That's how mad I was. I was, like, just trying to be as offensive as possible to these dudes. I was so fucking mad. And I ended up going home. I called the police, which is, a, you know, thinking back, you know, kind of a bitch thing to do. But it's a good thing in the end because it turns out I told dude, I told the cop, you know, I was going over there by heroin. They kicked my ass, so on and so forth. Two days later, they got busted by SWAT, and they were holding two people in their basement. A couple. They were raping them in their basement. Huh. So wait, like a man and a woman who were money. like together, kind going, of like the couple. That's so. That's bizarre. Huh? Uh, that's what so bizarre. Like the they're like holding the couple like that. I, I don't know. Like it is. It's, it's so really strange. Weird. I can literally send you a link to it if you'd like to see yeah. it. I could find it. Yeah, yeah. You could. That'd, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I would. I would like to read that news story. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> These are the at least two of the dudes in the pictures are the guy. One of the guys would be in my ass. Hmm. Uh, um. So while you're looking that up, um. This is all happening. So you say it starts when you're like 13, 14 is, is when it's starting. Now, um, when I was that age, I was getting bombarded with anti-drug PSAs. They were worked right. into the sitcoms I watched. They were in the commercials. They were in school. They were on the posters on the walls. My parents were telling me about this. It's like, was any of that kind of bombardment present where you were? Um, it wasn't as bad as you make it sound for you. Uh, it was there a little bit, but not nearly as much. Hmm. Was there much like awareness in general of like how like dangerous these drugs could be with regards to like overdosing and, and addiction or was it, did it seem like it was just sort of like no big deal? Say that again, I'm sorry. Like, like, did it, were people aware of how dangerous it was with regards to like getting addicted or overdosing or did people oh. just think that it was like just a fun thing to do kind of and they didn't it realize was, how it, A mix of it both. It was, a, it was very much a mix of both. Um, some people knew what they were getting into. Some people were doing it for fun, but they always ended up getting into it, getting more into it anyway. Hmm. Um, did you ever, um, uh, do heroin with your father? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What uh, you, it was pretty it? common. I wasn't, I was snorting at the time. So I basically just put it in like a bottle cap and mix it up with some water, let it dissolve and then just, you know, shoot it down my old nostril. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very strange incredible. family bonding experience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have no clue. It was it was definitely strange, but it just became normal. Just you know, doing drugs together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some people do play Yahtzee together. Some people, you know, but um, yeah. what 
what was your childhood like before all this took place? I mean, when your family Perfectly was still together? normal, other than a little argument mm-hmm. every now and then. Perfectly normal. Huh. Actually, better than normal. I had, we had normal. go-karts, four-wheelers, fucking land. Everything was wonderful. What mm-hmm. state was this in? Ohio. Right, this Columbus. was in Ohio. You know, I lived in Pataskala back then. I live in Columbus now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Depending, I don't know how much you're willing to to speak about this, but uh, oh. was there uh, any? So there was no abuse. No. Hmm. Nothing like that. Because I think that that's usually I know something that's probably that's, strange, but yeah, no, it is. It, it, it is strange. The only thing that really stressed out in me and my sister was that my parents arguing occasionally. That's pretty much it, though. Hmm. If not all of it. <laughs> Yeah. Was there a uh, any kind of family history of drug addiction, or were your parents addicted before this happened? Oh yeah, my mom she was an alcoholic uh, growing up for at least, and actually until she got with my friend's dad, like I was talking about, she quit drinking about that time, and then uh, before that, my dad he was addicted. He was doing speed when he was like a teenager, but that's um, and then you know some of our family members also have had problems with it, but uh, other than that. No, that's pretty much it. Did uh, did did her out? Was she like a functioning alcoholic? Pretty or much. How? She took care of us. She did well. She just you know she'd get drunk late in the day and cry and listen to music or whatever. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty depressing because she'd always be like, "Hey, come here," and she'd always want like always be sitting in there with her like she's all depressed and shit. Like Jesus yeah. Christ. Wait, when you say depressed, did she also have, did she have any kind of mental illness? Did she, was she actually depressed? Uh, I'm sure she was actually depressed, for sure. But, like, mental illness, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than, you know, dealing with my dad, I guess, and his, because that's probably about the time that when it got really bad for her is when it started getting bad for him, pretty much. So she mm-hmm. was probably just coping with it by drinking. Yeah. But she was already coping with something from by drinking before that. Right, but maybe she was, wasn't drinking as heavily. I'd have to ask her about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, like, at some point, I, I kind of remember you telling me that, like, you guys kind of got, like, clean or, like, went through, like, recovery together. Like, it's, like, especially, like, you and your mom. Or, like, what was that kind of um, transition like? Um, well, it was very, well, after my dad died, we still lived on, in a certain house. I won't give, you know, address or anything, but <laughs> we moved pretty much down the street and stayed with one of my sister's friends who lived with a guy who was willing to rent space, right? So we lived there, and then eventually my aunt found her place. My dad's, the money from my dad's benefits came in because he had passed away. Uh, he was an electrician. He worked in the union. Uh, we had benefits from him, so we ended up buying a house, and uh, that's where we're living now. But pretty much as soon as we moved in here, we got on some boxing. That would have been at the latest 2014. So it's been six or seven years we've been clean and on Suboxone at least. Not, I mean, that's not super clean, but we've at least been on Suboxone this entire time, which is better than, you know, doing opioids. At least you don't get high off Suboxone or have any craving to do other drugs. Yeah, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that. 
Either way, I fucking hate. I I hate heroin now. I just don't want to touch it. Yeah, you're gonna want to explain what Suboxone is. Oh, yeah. Spoxin is essentially a mixture of an opioid and uh, an, it's an opioid agonist and antagonist. Uh, naloxone is Narcan, which is used to revive people from uh, overdoses. And then Suboxin, which is the uh, brand name for both chemicals, I guess. Uh, the other chemical is uh, buprenorphine, which is the opioid. And that's what keeps you from going through withdrawals. So it blocks like the the physical kind of withdrawals, but you you don't experience any of those sort of like mental like euphoric kind of feelings. Then right, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. I feel pretty much like a completely normal. normal. I'm sure that I'd probably feel different if I got completely off of it, but yeah, I feel pretty much completely normal. Hmm. I prefer not to be on. I have to get off of it to get treated for hepatitis. For the few times I did shoot dope, shot dope yeah. about ten times. That's just that's really unlucky. Yeah, it is. Does it have any? Sorry, God. I was just going to ask. You said that mainly you were uh, taking heroin, like you were snorting it. You weren't like using needles. Yeah, I was snorting it and then I was smoking it. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Well, and then after a while, I was eventually, you know, like I said, shooting it. But yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you feel like the Suboxone has any like side effects at all or is it just kind of, I don't know, just normal? Um, I feel like it could cause some kind of like, you know, anxiety of sorts, but I'm not 100% sure if that's just like me being anxious in general <laughs> or if it's the drug itself. That's fair. All right. If you cast your mind's eye back as best you can to when you were 13, when this first started, do you feel... Um, it's kind of hard to say because you started when you were when your brain was still developing. I was going to ask if you feel that your brain chemistry has changed. If you think that there are differences oh, yeah. in what you think. I'm not an angry person anymore. That's for sure. I mean, I can still like snap at occasion, on occasion, which I assume like most people probably can. But you know, I'm not nearly you know, like I said, the shit I used to do. You know, run around with a fucking hammer and smashing walls and doors and threatening people and all that shit. Just going nuts in general. Yeah. I, that doesn't happen anymore. In fact, I feel a lot of regret about it, and makes like I sometimes I think about it and I just feel like absolute shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've definitely yeah my brain chemistry has definitely changed to the point that I'm, I'm not at all the same person. But yeah. I still can get angry occasionally. I mean that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't attack people with hammers, I feel like it's... right. Exactly. I'm not gonna <laughs> well, do that. Right. Well, what I also meant was when you were when you were going through addiction. Did you feel that as you were using it, that um, like hmm. something was happening to your mind, like over time? Like, cause, cause for example, people who um, talk about it, they overuse, you know, certain psychedelics, right? They'll burn out too much serotonin in their brain. I experienced, well, see the thing is I also, I used to, I use other drugs, you know that, right? Mm-hmm. I, th- I assume she told you, I probably, I smoked crack. I, uh, I did meth like a couple of times. Never really got into that because I don't really care for speed. And uh, I, I used to try to get off anything I could, which is why I tried that tramadol, which was what gave me my seizure disorder. I used to take I used to take diphenhydramine, which is uh, Benadryl, dextromethorphan, which is you know cough syrup, all kinds of shit, just to try to get high. Yeah. That's how obsessed I was with just you know not feeling normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
honestly, I wouldn't say that I feel like it has affected me too much. If anything, alcohol has affected me way more than those drugs ever did. How so? I just don't feel as sharp. But it's probably because I'm still, you know, drinking. Not not as often or as much as I was before, but I am still drinking. That's fair. I feel that you kind of went a little fast there when you just said that you went on Suboxone. Yeah, like, was it just <laughs> like that? Like just yeah, like, like, you guys just, like, got in the house <laughs> and me, you're I like, just... we're not going to use heroin anymore. Let's just, like, start using Suboxone. See, like, the problem is, like, I talk about it. I, I do <laughs> like... talk about it quite often with yeah you know my friends or whatever people who i feel like i can have a conversation with so it's like yeah it ends up being fairly quick because i'm comfortable saying it just getting it over with like you know there's this and there's this and yeah how about you (laughs) (laughs) so so wait whose idea though was it to to get like clean or like who who initiated that my mom probably yeah yeah she was the most ready done with that shit most tired of it and then there was me and then and there was, was my it sister. Like straightforward to get the Suboxone then? Like do you just like go yeah, to a doctor? Yeah, just go to a doctor telling you you're addicted to heroin or pills. Like give you a prescription or... for Suboxone. And... Oh yeah, easy yeah. as that. Easy Huh. Well, that's that's good at least. Or at least it's somewhat ex- relatively accessible then. Right. So one there one was... of the things... Go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. I was going to say, one of the things also you asked earlier, what would uh, people... Or me... Not me, I never really did this. I did it maybe once. Uh do to get the drug uh my dad for example he would go into stores and then other people we you know he would take people give give them rides to go into stores and steal shit and then they would go in return it later with uh, no receipt and get store credit to get a gift card right and then they'd go turn the gift cards into this cash machine or sell them to dealers to go mm-hmm. get uh you know for half price so you get an 80 dollars gift card you get 40 bucks out of it 40 dollars with the drugs Hmm. Or ten bucks worth of gas, thirty dollars for the drugs. You know, whatever it was. Right. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's so many people steps. come up with so many creative <laughs> ways to get drugs. Right. It, it, it is a lot of steps, but at the same time, that's all you're thinking about. So it's like, yeah. what else am I gonna do? I never. Hmm. If I wasn't drunk that night that I robbed that drug dealer with my friend, I probably would have never done that. Yeah. Because I would have just been like, nah, you're gonna. I would. In fact, I wish I was more assertive back then. Because <laughs> I probably would have been like, dude, you, you're staying at my fucking house. Idea. Yeah, but you're, you're you, made bring... it sound, you make it sound like Suboxone is like a miracle cure. Did you not suffer any withdrawal symptoms at all from it after using it? Um, no, it, it pretty much cures the withdrawals. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, it, yeah. It, some people, they require a higher dose. Some people, if you take it too soon after taking an opioid, some people get sick off of it, which means they'll start going through withdrawals because they took an opioid too 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 close to the time that they took the suboxone. Mm-hmm. So the Narcan kicks in and like rips it from their receptors or whatever the hell. I don't know how it works exactly, but you know that's just how right. I phrase it. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that is exactly how it works. But yeah, I think uh, that is so it causes less, yeah. it causes people to go into withdrawals immediately if they take uh, a regular opioid like heroin too close to taking the suboxone so that mm-hmm. happened to my sister when she first started taking it but for me i never had that happen before i've always felt yeah. fine taking it my mom i'm pretty sure she's always felt fine taking it hmm. but my sister swears to this day that it's like you know if she takes an opioid too close to taking it then, yeah. so did the three of you still just take the suboxone then like like uh, regularly um 
or like do your I know you do but like does your mom and your sister do too? Um yeah. Oh um, uh, yeah, we all take we all take it. Yeah. Um yeah, that's fair. Um so hmm. and you felt like no craving or like kind of desire um uh to 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 use at all or like you you just like weren't like i don't know tempted or or i don't know like you talked well, about kind of like wanting to have the altered state of consciousness so like like right. you didn't yeah that's why i uh, sm- uh smoke weed still to this day and also probably why i started drinking alcohol as well <laughs> but yeah. uh yes i also did i uh some we met this guy and he would uh sell us stuff sometimes and this was like probably six five six years ago so we were still like getting used to not being on it right so we yeah. would do it we would do it occasionally but other than that no uh we did have cravings for it at that time but other than that we've pretty much moved on from it and i i unless i'm really depressed i'll just like sometimes i'll be like fuck it dude i just really i'd rather be like off fucking living on the streets shooting dope right now and feeling good at least or something like that <laughs> but other than that no no cravings and that happens very rarely by the way so that's yeah good. i was gonna say i feel like most people have like all, like a huge like struggle kind of where they're just like constantly thinking about it right they, yeah uh my cousin he's died literally died three or four times now uh and been revived every time luckily yeah and he keeps going back to it. He just keeps oh, wow. going back to it over and over again. He's been in rehab probably five, six times. It's, huh. it's suppressing, man. Does he have any children? Yeah. No. Oh. So um, how are your uh, sister, mother, yourself, like faring now in your everyday life? I mean, are you functional, for lack of a better word? Not as functional as I would like to be. I, uh, I've had a few jobs. Uh, I've always ended up quitting. I'm super anxious. Ended up just breaking down at work, start crying for, mm-hmm. or some shit. Uh, we're worried about losing our house due to taxes right now. We got like $4,000. I mean, other than that, every day is just another day. What is, where does the crying come from? Is it from the drugs, mm-hmm. you think? A lot of things. Not just that, no. I mean, I'm sure that may contribute to it. I mean, there's like, a lot of things that you've said in the past 45 minutes or so that are quite uh, heavy. Yeah, sure. Right. Uh, a lot of a lot of regret. A lot mm-hmm. of uh, wishing I was in a different place. Wishing I wasn't, you know, in this position in my life right now. Haven't gone through what I have. Stuff like that. But no, I find I'm very in my head. So I find myself very capable of dealing with my feelings and like just trying to move past them. It doesn't always work, but. Do you go to uh, like support group meetings? No, nothing like that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm my own support group. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it would help if you did? I'm not sure. Maybe. It could. I'm, I've, I've thought about giving a shot. My, a good friend of mine who I actually met on Discord, uh, he lives about 15 minutes away from me. I've met him a good few times. He's a really cool guy. Uh, younger than me. I'm 25. He's like 20. But his dad his dad is like 70 years old. He goes to AA meetings all the time. Or he did before COVID. His dad actually started drinking again because of COVID, which is mm. pretty fucking depressing if you ask me. 
he, he yeah. was so used to these meetings all day, every day, helping people go to the meetings. He would give people rides and shit that he just yeah. had nothing to do. And he just got depressed and started drinking uh, again. How long but was I was going to go to meetings. Uh, quite a long time. Wow. Years. That's awful. They did have like AA, like Zoom meetings or whatever. I, I don't know. Well, they did have in-person meetings, but only a couple times a week or something like that. Not so nearly like as much often. as he needed it, apparently. Interesting. Because he would, he would go oh. four times a day, three or four times a day. Oh wow! So yeah. most of his time then was spent at those meetings. Yeah. Right. Um. Oh. But yeah, I plan on going with him to some meetings. Uh, yeah. But uh, I haven't done that yet. I'm not sure if it'd be super helpful for me. I'm not a religious yeah. person either. So it's like, I don't like the whole religious aspect of those kind of meetings, you know? I understand. Yeah. That would just turn me off to it. But yeah. I'm doing all right. I just need to get my shit together more and like getting a job and getting like my health together. We got hepatitis and uh, fucking still on Suboxone and all this other good stuff. It's just epilepsy. My getting cut off mm. my meds for that because I haven't been to a neurologist because that costs money. Ugh. All kinds of fucking trash. Hmm. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, what does? Uh, what did it look like as far as your your dating life went? Uh, I've only been with one girl. Uh, that was when it, that was when I was fifteen. I was still on pills mm. at the time. But was she? No, but we, she, her mom was, which is pretty much how I met her. We pretty much just banged it out for two weeks straight, and that was it. <laughs> well, other than the fact, I think I told Caitlin this too. She told me she was pregnant with my baby, and then she tried to fuck my friend too. And then the baby was Mexican. Oh, she was, her, so she was pregnant. She was pregnant, just with oh, some random Mexican yours. dude's baby. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I have no fucking clue, but she tried to pin that shit on me, I guess. And I don't know. That's the only the only real, that's the only time I've ever uh, been in an actual sexual relationship, at least. <laughs> I, I guess the, the drugs uh, definitely stopped that. Yeah, I was going to ask. If it's it was, a lot to deal with, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about where your next fix is going to come from. Certainly not yeah. now, especially because I have hepatitis and, like, I was talking to a girl like a, a week and a half ago or something, and I was just like, I can't even keep talking to this chick. This makes me feel bad. It's not like we could hook up or anything anyway, even if we wanted to. Yeah. So I was like, fuck this. Mm. It's, just, it's just rough, but uh, the doctor was out before. They told me I had to get off of Suboxone before I can even be treated for my hepatitis. And yeah. you know, I've been on Suboxone for six, seven years now or whatever. So like, I don't know why... I have to even be off of it. It's apparently due to side effects, but I know people have been on opiates and gotten treated for hepatitis. So yeah, I don't know if you yeah. mentioned this. Like I talked about this earlier, how exactly does one get off Suboxone? Uh, you usually just taper yourself off of it. So you would start taking less and less. It's pretty easy to do. It's just actually doing it. That's the problem, you know? Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty kill something won't treat. Like I even like Googled that like after you mentioned it last time and like I, I found like a as like clinical paper like showing that like you can treat them for people for hepatitis C like while they're on Suboxone and that's like not a problem. Like right. they it's won't ridiculous. even give me a referral. They won't even huh. give me a referral unless wow. I'm off of it. That's insane. Huh. 
I asked him if they would give me a referral. She said, I'll talk to the doctor. Huh. And I, I, I'm not confident that she did, but she yeah. said she did. Hmm. So, I don't know. That's really frustrating. It really is. But yeah, it's always so frustrating to hear about when people are actually in need of help, like, like really in need of help. Uh, these organizations that, tr- that, that are designed to be able to try to help people are bound up and unable to do it. Like when, when it hits the fan, then everything, mm-hmm. then, then all of a sudden the, their hands are tied. Yeah, and a good friend of mine, uh, her uh, uncle was just recently diagnosed with liver cancer and he had uh, hepatitis C as well. So I feel like even if I did get treated for it, who knows, I'll probably end up with fucking liver cancer here in 10 years. It I pisses me off, man. The like, they can, like they can, oh, they can give you the pills just fine, right. you know, but then they can't yeah. pick up the pieces afterward. Yeah. That's true. That's how it is, man. Hmm. American I medical mean, system at its finest. Purdue DeFarma did just settle like a, I think, $800 billion loss. Like, or wait, that can't be right. It, it's some stupid amount of money. Like, lo- I guess eight you get billion, a hold of someone about that. Yeah, like, like, for like, like, there was like, yeah, like, paid, like, victims kind of. And like, this sounds like exactly like the, the classic story that happened to, to like hundreds of thousands of people because of their actions. I shouldn't yeah. be, I should, that certainly shouldn't be, uh, refuse treatment for a, a, an underlying condition because yeah. I'm on a drug that uh, has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I know. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who I'd contact about that to make it happen, but shit. Yeah. Maybe I should look into it. <laughs> um, now, you may as well live, have grown up in a different nation than... Universe. Than, than, different universe than where I grew up. Different multiverse. Okay. Um, because while I did know people who were suffering from addiction problems, um, they were few and far between. And the couple of people that I did know who either had heroin addiction problems in high school, or they had older siblings that did, they were shipped off to like several month long rehabilitation centers in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. Okay. To deal with it. Okay. Okay. So like that, that to me is just so different. Why is it so, uh, why is it so pervasive? Well, I assume the reason that I wasn't shipped off is because my family was on drugs as well. (laughs) Uh, Other than that, it does happen, just not as often, mostly for wealthy families. It's mostly wealthy families. And I was middle class growing up. Like my dad made, you know, 140 grand a year or something like that, so. Uh, We were doing well, but uh, this was after that. This is when shit started going downhill. That this all this started to begin to happen. So it's just kids getting into drugs, don't know what they're doing. They become addicted. Their parents don't know what to do, and then it just goes from there. I mean, I know a guy back when I was still doing it. He wanted to die. He had a daughter. He had a uh, a wife. Him and his wife were both on drugs, but he had a daughter, and he said, "I want to die doing heroin." I was like, "No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Don't say that, man. You know you don't want to do that." He's like, "Yeah, I do." He was so fucking sure that he wanted to die doing heroin. 
It so just, was he it broke my heart. Like wanting to kill himself, or was he just wanting to eventually like that's how he goes out? Basically, he's gonna. He's basically he was basically saying, "I'm gonna be doing this until I die." Yeah. If that's I die really doing sad. it, then so what? You know, he had that kind of attitude. Wow. It's huh. it's insane how much it drives people to just give up. Yeah. Huh. I know my dad wanted to get clean too. I talked to him about that many times. He's like, yeah, I want to. I even took him to a uh, counselor once that I had known and talked to before in the past. Hmm. And we sat and talked to him for a minute. It was like, you know, a couple months later, he died. So we never got to do that. But yeah, Yeah. it's just like, I don't know, life is what it is. I'm mostly come to terms with it. I'm chill. <laughs> you do seem very like chill about it, or like I don't know if I could be be so like I don't know, um, right. accepting I guess of, of uh, after having all that happened to me. It's rough, yeah. but hey. Well, Caitlin, you, you always talk you about with the, it for uh, a long time. You always talk about the recalibration of people's happy meters, right? True. People do just sort of adjust, I guess, to to their circumstances. Can I get a recalibration? Yeah, <laughs> you deserve one. Um, um, I don't know if I'd say that, but I'd like one. Yeah. How prevalent is it, like, in your community, would you say? Like, like what proportion of, like, just, like, the general population, if you had to guess, are... are is it on using, opioids or heroin? Um, Any kind of opioid. Or on drugs, because they could be smoking um, crack, they could be doing anything. Drinking let's alcohol, do like, like, what do you want, mm-hmm. what, do you, what criteria? Let's, let's do, like, any drugs beyond alcohol and weed. Beyond alcohol and weed. Yeah. Uh, 10%. Okay. i say that's a fair guess, but I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, quote my, quote me on that. Yeah, anything, yeah, I mean, you're not, like, I'm just curious, kind of, like, what it, what it's like in terms of just, maybe like, 15 the average even. person you count. Maybe a little higher. Kind of, yeah. I know a lot of people are on prescriptions around this area, even if it's yeah. for benzos, mm, you know, yeah. you know, Klonopin, Ativan, uh, Valium, Xanax, whatever it may be. I know a lot about drugs. That's one thing that's nice from my lifetime of experience using drugs. Knowledgeable, yeah. Yeah. And it also it gave me a lot of wisdom, which I am very appreciative of. Like, hmm. you know, a wise man would not call himself wise, so I wouldn't say I'm wise, but it gave me wisdom. How so? It, I learned a lot about people and about hmm. life, you know? It just yeah, gave me a lot of insight. Just like human kind of behavior and, and how people tend to act right. and stuff. Like I was, yeah. was talking about earlier, it made me, it made it, I was, I've always been an introvert, but it made a lot, made it a lot easier for me to relate to people, to interact with people, to like talk to people. Like I said, people have told me shit they've never told anyone. And like, mm-hmm. I'm still just, my mind is boggled as to why. But something about my presence apparently makes people somewhat more likely to talk to me. Do you ever think it's about nice. being like a Like, I a like therapist? being that person. Yes, I have. And it's because of that. I was like, man, I want to become a counselor or something, maybe. Yeah. People just find me easy to talk to. I should just do something like that. I think you'd be good at that. <laughs> It'd be awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting kind of like uh, misty-eyed at 
as longer this goes on. I, I don't usually, I'm usually a lot more dispassionate. Um, That's all right. But uh, have you ever heard of the YouTube channel AML Films? I have not. Uh, so this is a, guy, a channel where they go up to people and they like, interview them kind of in the way that we're doing now, except it only lasts like a couple of minutes, like people who are on the street in Philadelphia and right. uh, in Chicago. And um, man, it's like you talk to them for a few minutes, people who are actively addicted, people who are right as they're speaking to them, just looking for where they can get their next fix from. And it's so heartbreaking because like you see their humanity underneath right mm -hmm. underneath the like pressing need that's right at the forefront of their consciousness that like i need to get high right now and then like you're you're asking them questions and like you're peeling back the layer but like this addiction like keeps resurfacing it keeps coming back like you can see it in their face i think that society is not fit for a lot of us and hmm. we have this need to medicate ourselves to make ourselves feel okay with not fitting in or not mm. being not being what we should be do what you we feel, feel like that we should be that's a feature of like our current society or that's like always kind of oh yeah i don't think it'll get better hmm. until and I, I know it probably sounds ridiculous until some kind of system gets better like you know and i don't know what even, what what that even means it's so vague like what yeah. but something needs to change i don't know what it is hmm. but something do you think it's like people feeling like they they don't really have a role kind of in our society or like they don't kind yeah, of like have a I way feel. that they feel like they can contribute like i said like, every time yeah. i like i need to support help help my mom at least right now but I, every time I've gotten a job, I just go to work and end up breaking down. Hmm. And I just leave. I'm just done. And I'm sick of that happening. So, yeah, I feel like I don't quite fit. Yeah. It's hard to elaborate on, but it's, yeah. It's just doesn't work. I just feel like it doesn't work the way things are now. Things of, you know, think about the progress we've made, progress in quotes, we've made over the past, you know, 100 years. Other than, you know, like, you know, technological innovations. Those are, those are great. Right, yeah. But like, well, you know, the whole currency thing. Yeah, we've made innovations in how high people can get. Also. Right, exactly. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um, hmm. But yeah, it doesn't seem Think like... about bath salts, for example. <laughs> Synthetic fucking methamphetamines. <laughs> you haven't tried those, have you? I have. I had a seizure. Oh. <laughs> I did a whole shit ton of it, though, so that was my fault. I guess, yeah. Uh -huh. That was when they first came out, too. Did they actually make you high, or were just people just oh, dude, trying it? Oh, dude, I felt like I, this was better. I've done, like I said, I've done meth a couple times. This was better than that. This okay. was like, I felt like, I felt, it was like cocaine and meth mixed together. And I was literally scraping at a DVD color, probably scraping the fucking nicotine coating off of the fucking case just to like tr try to get a little bit more once I was out. <laughs> it was insanity. Absolute huh. insanity. No one ever fuck with that shit. That's my recommendation. <laughs> it's the same. Um, huh. Now, I'm not, I'm not passing any judgment here. 
Um, but I am curious, did you contribute to the addiction of a, another person? Um, no, I mean, I, 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 I never, my, I actually did offer opioids to my friend once, one of my best friends growing up. And I think he, he was doing like morphines at the time anyway, occasionally, but, uh, he didn't do it. I'm pretty sure he just sold it. And, uh. I traded him for some weed or some shit. But yeah, no, I've never uh, contributed to anyone uh, being addicted who wasn't already addicted. And that guy, like I said, he never even got addicted. So it's good. He was do- already doing it recreationally. But yeah, no. As far as I know, I have never gotten dope for anyone who was sober. Um, it's good. And then one of the last questions that I have anyway is uh, all this talk about addiction being referred to as a disease. uh, Does that label matter to you? Do you think that's just a semantics thing or do you think that addiction is a disease? Semantics. It affects you. It's a thing that, you know, takes over, you know, you, you don't have as much control as you'd like. It's similar to a disease, but I wouldn't call it a disease. It's very, very similar, but not. Yeah. If that makes, if that's adequate. Yeah, I mean, like almost, it's not something you can control, kind of is, but it's not quite. You can that. control it, but it's not. It's it's not. It's not as bad as actually like you know having COVID or something. You know, like. Fair. <laughs> you have more control over it than that, but right, it's right. Similar. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when I hear, it, when I hear the stories like this it sounds like a virus to me and the way it spreads yeah. from person to person in the family. And that's, in the that's fair. Yeah. I can see that. It happened to a lot of my other family members as well, who ironically happened to be on my dad's side. And he was the one who, like I said, was addicted first on my mom's side. It's not even, it's barely a thing. I know maybe he- one person who was addicted Two people other than my, well, my cousin and one of my, well, two of my cousins, the one who I said died a few times and was revived. And then another, uh, girl she's like 40 though she's like hmm. an older cousin <laughs> but yeah she was on that shit and eventually got on suboxone and quit doing suboxone too hmm. so it yes. happens but on my dad's side it seems to be much more prevalent hmm. do you think it's like some genetic thing or do you think it's because of like his influence or something i think it else? might be semi-genetic yeah interesting 25 percent. yeah <laughs> just a guess yeah well i mean i saw in my own family the patterns of alcoholism repeated throughout a couple generations and made me be i'm not going to touch that i'm I'm pretty much an alcoholic now and my mom was when i was growing up so i I don't doubt that that's a thing i don't doubt that it's genetic at all yeah at least to an extent you're not an alcoholic are you have you ever been have you ever drank no 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 no. i'm not i've i've had maybe three drinks in my life (laughs) <laughs> have you guys ever we, done we, drugs <laughs> prefer I'm, not to say yeah, yeah no 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 I, <laughs> I i acknowledge that i'm in the minority here but yeah it was just because i could i saw what it did from an from an early age did you guys ever smoke weed or anything like that yeah i mean it's legal in nevada where i'm from right it's legal here i just don't have a license i wish i need to get a license but that shit's nice. fucking expensive not the oh, license yeah. but the weed itself Interesting. Like, is it like medical marijuana then, or is? Oh it, yeah, there's dispensaries yeah. around and everything. Nice, so. nice. Nevada, you can just like 
go to the weed store basically and just buy it. it I'd probably really be eligible too. Real, yeah, yeah. Epilepsy yeah. and everything. Picking Actually, up some, like, though. CBD and all that. Yeah. Right. Be, it'd be awesome. <laughs> you smoke weed, Bobby? <laughs> I don't. I don't. No, it's, it's never not did before. No, no. Really? Yeah. I recommend it. <laughs> that's the only drug i know i just was got i'm saying it's a gateway drug earlier but weed, <laughs> yeah, weed, is, I, weed is literally the only drug I'd, i wouldn't even recommend alcohol but weed is weed is great i think <laughs> weed's perfectly fine as long as yeah. you don't fuck with anything else except for maybe shrooms acid mm. dmt hallucinogens basically those are the only acceptable drugs in my opinion yeah. The views expressed by the guest in this podcast <laughs> is not necessarily reflective of the views of the hosts of this podcast. Exactly. These are just my opinions. Don't mind me. <laughs> um, Weed, shrooms, LSD, DMT. That's it. But, but, so, so I've never to, done any of the following. Okay. Uh, but to, to close on just this, this one other note, if you have any insight into this, why is it prevalent in your community or in your state and, and, and not in other states, not in other communities. I think it is just as prevalent in other communities. The only uh, real factor that contributes, it, contributes to it is people being prescribed opioids for minor injuries, first of all. And then second of all, people who buy those opioids off the street and become addicted. Uh, people... It's just, it's just, it's the same as people who drink alcohol to a certain extent. They're using it to cope with this, what, what they're living through, right? Uh, it's, it's very subjective. It's very loosely defined. I can't say the kind of person that will, you know, get addicted mm -hmm. to these drugs, but I know that it happens more in poverty. I know that it happens to people who are prescribed opioids for minor injuries and then proceed to be prescribed even stronger opioids in the future. Like it happened with my dad. That still happens to this very day. I know that for mm -hmm. a fact. It's just, that's pretty much what tends to happen is people end up taking something, you know, small and then they move their way up, you know, slowly or quickly, depending on the person. To doing heroin or even uh, fentanyl. That's, I know that's going around as well. People have been overdosing on fentanyl around here quite a bit recently. Yeah. Is that because it's so much stronger or is it just hard to like get the dose right? Um, both. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot stronger and it's hard to get the dose right. Hmm. I remember we used to get this heroin. Uh, people used to call it white china but which is like a, a white powder uh it's supposed to be heroin and it's supposed to it's usually very good but the thing is sometimes it would be fentanyl right and uh sometimes like i know my sister she almost overdosed uh yeah. and the guy she was hanging out with at the time he did pretty much overdose she had to fucking wake his ass slap him in the fucking face a few times to wake his ass up and be like hey you need to fucking stay awake because you just did too much and shit like hmm. that so and that's that white china shit interesting just probably you know at least cut with fentanyl 
Why did they cut it with fentanyl? Like, if, if fentanyl's stronger, like, why don't they just have, like, pure fentanyl I assume that they, they, don't, they sell yeah, like, that's, smaller doses That's of. what boggles me, too. Like, when people say, oh, someone, this person got fentanyl in their weed or some shit, I'm like, dude, you know <laughs> no fentanyl's one's worth, like, fucking six times as much as weed is, right? <laughs> Are you fucking stupid? But people were doing that just so that they could get rid of their shit, right? I feel like huh. that's probably the only reason they would do it. Because Wait, what do you mean by get rid of their shit? They just wanted to move their stock as fast as they could. So they would just oh, cut it with a little bit of fentanyl. People would shoot it. They'd get really high off the fentanyl, even though it was yeah. only a little bit. Right. And they could just be like, oh, yeah, that shit was good. So they'd, ha- they'd have to they come back, back for it. Exactly. Yeah, I I'm not see. sure if that's how it works. I'm not even sure if it was fentanyl. But right. either way, it was really powerful heroin at the very least. Interesting. Yeah, like I said, hmm. called White China. Yeah. Check it out, everybody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't. These ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not representative. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking of when I said it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. <laughs> well, for for lack of a better word, this has been quite a sobering podcast. Yeah. Um, this is uh, certainly been um, uh, some of the stuff I already knew. Some of this, uh, some of this, these stories though are absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, Yours has at least had some kind of happy coda to it in that you're, you've gotten over the worst of it now, it seems. Right. Um, so it seems that you are on a path forward. Um, and I would encourage you to, you know, keep, keep uh, trucking along your path because Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're, even, if, even if it's difficult for you, I mean, from, the, from what you've told me, it seems that it's certainly doing wonders for your mother and your sister yeah. to see you go through every day clean and you know, vice versa. Yeah, yeah, it works. Like if one person fucks up, we I think we all fuck up. So we all have to stay sticking to it. Yeah. I find that very wholesome that you guys like do that together like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I feel yeah. it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, right. And I would just also reiterate uh, anyone who's interested, go look at that channel AML filmed. It's also very high. <laughs> if anybody ever needs to talk to talk to somebody about your addiction, let me know or let one of us know, and they'll hook me up or something yeah, like that. Definitely. <laughs> just, thanks uh, so, thanks you know. so much, Brandon. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Yeah. It's been a good time. Yeah. All right. Yeah.